Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Creed 3, starring Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, and Jonathan Majors. Story by Ryan Coogler, Keenan Coogler, and Zach Balin. Screenplay by Keenan Coogler and Zach Balin, and directed by Michael B. Jordan. Welcome back to Rye Smile Films. It's time to wrap up our trek in back into the Rocky universe, but this time with the Creed trilogy. And wrapping up with a brand new release, probably about a month old at this point, Creed 3. Um, really looking forward to talking about this one. We get to kind of talk about, you know, how this completes this trilogy, this little arc of films. Um, one that we're pretty excited about. And if I told you just, just little trivia fact right now, this is already the highest grossing of the three films. Do you find that surprising? Do you think people have climbed aboard the Creed train in the interim? Yeah, no, I do find that surprising. I hadn't looked at the ROI on that, which is going to bring up an interesting point later that I'm glad you brought that up. Now, um, we'll talk about some choices they've already made with Donnie and where we are now. So Mm -hmm. I am surprised. I thought two would have been the winner. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you consider if it's the highest grossing and the runtime that it has compared to the other two. Yeah. Big numbers here. Mm -hmm. Slam dunk. Yeah, I think it was when I went to go see it. I mean, it was fairly well attended. It was like, you know, Mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon for a boxing film. I was like, I think people are just, they're into it, right? That's a genre subgenre yeah that really has some staying power doesn't it mm-hmm. i mean they don't oversaturate it that helps we don't get a ton of boxing movies you mean we don't have seven a year with five tv series in between right <laughs> yes but there seems to be an appetite mm-hmm. for that movie over and over and over yeah the drama right yeah the drama and we'll get into this also too with the sports spectacle the simplicity of what the conflict is mm-hmm. these two guys are going to beat the shit out of each other <laughs> that's the conflict and what does it mean Here's to you. Well, to that, here's some more of the McFarlane's 13 Reserve. I do like this bottle. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, um, for me, Bib and Tucker. I think this is a head. Passing? Is mm-hmm. it passing Weller yet? No. No, but this is number two. This is a good bottle. It man. is, yeah. And McFarlane, I mean, so this is a 13. Was there other kind of low, like some smaller tiers below this? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't recall. We'll have to look, look into that, see mm-hmm. if the, the rest of the label is pretty good. Like the yeah. good standby Basil Hayden's. Yeah. $39.99. <laughs> okay, right. let's dive in uh, to our review breakdown of Creed 3. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca. Rocky, my dad, this is built on their shoulders. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing an autograph, so you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien, how long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two. I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. But I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. Hey, hey, 
I know what you're doing, Donnie. You don't owe this dude nothing. Damien's fighting the world. He's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Why did somebody else live your life? I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Something is going on with you. Damien was like family. Now we passed talking. Then maybe you just have to find out. There's a lot to dive into in just that little portion right there. Uh, I did want to start with a question for you. This is a notable film. This is the first film in this entire saga franchise. What, what, a franchise is a franchise. Like, when do we get to use the word saga? Is that after six films? <laughs> Star well, Wars if it saga? is, I don't know where else we would go. It has to be. I think we draw the line at six. Okay. Anything less than six and it's still a franchise. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's six plus. You, yeah, this is a saga. Okay, excellent. Uh, this is the first first one without any involvement or starring role from Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. What do you think of that? Do you think there's a void in this particular film without him? Um, I think he's kind of going through an interesting thing as well. He's kind of in a fight with the with Chardoff and Winkler over the producing rights to this thing. So they're kind of fighting. So there's some drama there, but... First, first question, what do, you, what do you think about all that? Yeah, but it's only for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't suffer because he's not in it. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't suffer really at all. I just want him in it. So you're, will, you're willing to sit? You, you, any adventures with Rocky, you're always game and down for. Yeah, I am. So I never thought my, I never for a minute said to myself, this would be so much better if Rocky was here to do this. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But do I want him in it? Yeah, sure, I do. His name's still on it. There's still his name, like some of the yeah, credits. Yeah, they, they mention him, and yeah, we, we see stuff, and they talk about all that. So, you, how about you? I, I think I'm with you. I think, you know, of course, yeah, I'll watch any adventure with Rocky, but I, I think we left him in a really good spot at the end of two, mm-hmm. kind of fully repairing this relationship with his son. Again, we talked about in that Creed 1 episode, you and I really don't want to sit through a scene where he dies in a hospital room. Like, that's not pleasant for me. So I think where they left him, I think that was that, that, that felt good. And this kind of let Donnie Creed, Michael B. Jordan, kind of gave him room to kind of do his own thing and kind of make the story and the narrative his own. So I think I really liked that. And there was rumors kind of floating around too. I mean, you had told me a few uh, with the current day boxer, uh, Wilder, right? Deontay Wilder. Kind of in the running to play Lang's, Clubber Lang's son. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we didn't go down that road either because, you know, this, this is just going to become like the Rocky Scrap series. Right. <laughs> Not that Victor Drago's a scrap. I mean, they really made that work as a story, but don't you think it would feel convenient if we're going right from him to Lang, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's an important piece. Mm-hmm. The villain that we take on is hugely important. Mm-hmm. So... Let's not reheat it. Let's do something new. And mm-hmm. I think this is pretty new. We haven't tackled the relationship between two former friends yeah. where I guess the, the internal conflict is jealousy. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a touch of regret. Yeah. Loss. Of- There's also this piece though, that is loyalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie owes, um, tells his name. Damien. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie owes Damien. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. He's indebted to him for something. Yeah. And we come to find out what that is later in the film. But yeah, no, it's a fresh and um, to Jonathan Majors and what maybe is and maybe not going to be. And we'll get into that here in a few minutes too. Uh, yeah. 
It's a great I, villain, and I, I, I love the I love the origin and something fresh, brand new. I can't believe we're still talking still talking about this, right? Like, how many different ways from Sunday is this saga going to continue to surprise us? Like, I'm just I I think I'm just more in awe of the writers and the directors of these films that. We're coming up with new unique villains, new unique scenarios. Like we're you in especially the box, you think, man, we're done. Like we've been there and done that, and they find a unique way to make the conflict interesting. I want to ask you a question about that. Yeah. As you've stated to me several times, mm-hmm. suffering from superhero exhaustion, but to a larger whole, supernatural exhaustion. Yeah. Is it refreshing? to take away lightsabers and the force and the Chitari and repulsor rays and all the shit and just get down to a very base level of man well, fists. That's why Top Gun Maverick was so good last summer. I'm with you. Yeah. It, it is why. Yeah. You could still do that other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all we get though right now. Yeah. So you put a couple of poorly equipped pads on two guys fists, put yep. them in the squared circle and say, knock the hell out of each other until the best man winning with the better moral fortitude and larger thematic approach that holds mm-hmm. more water is going to win. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be snaps and it doesn't have to be time jumping and yep. it doesn't have to be shrinking and pim particles. <laughs> it's just two dudes yeah. fighting. Yeah. We're going to talk about this next week too. That's a tease, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm still just in awe. Like how do they keep getting these franchises? I'm talking about both of them now. How do they keep getting away with this? <laughs> like they're just like, they're finding new ways to impress. And I, I find that refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, in a franchise that I near and dear love to my heart, but is nowhere near at the the level of these these franchises. Halloween, I mean, like that mo- the film that series got like repetitive on film too. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, it's I think it's just a unique venture that that we're in here. But let's start with Donnie and Damien uh, in 2002, Los Angeles. Uh, I really like these uh, pre uh, Creed uh, opening scenes. They're just very different than the ones in the Rocky films, were, which were essentially recaps of the last film, right? Right, yeah. Here we get a little bit more into the upbringing of Donnie. He's already with uh, Apollo's wife. Is her name Mary? Marianne. Yeah, Marianne. He's already living there, but still has a foot in the old life, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so he sneaks out at night to go hang out with this Damien patrolling the streets of Los Angeles, but um, they're fighting uh, boxing and kind of like an underground VFW hall or something. Right. They're doing gambling on the side. They're doing, you know, God knows what else, but uh, they're hosting amateur. I think they call it, is it Golden Glove was the name? Yeah, the little boxing matches. Yeah. I think this is a pretty, and then we see the camaraderie, right? We build that up right away, this brotherly love that these two had. They were both at the same halfway house, right, Or, or foster parent. And they had a really bad experience that we're, we're going to find out very abusive. But we're learning about this brother that we never knew he had, that he never talked about. And I think there's a good reason why, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think of this as the opening scene, the opening to part three of our of our trilogy here? Oh, you said it. They've got this part down to a fine science. Mm-hmm. You know, Rocky did a good job of recapping what you might have missed up to this entry in the franchise our theory saga. our theory being that because people didn't own vhs's right. that they did need a little refresher for before the next film it just took longer to make a film back then too even yeah. if you had it maybe it took two years mm-hmm. again like you said i don't i don't that, that works it's fine um i don't necessarily need to see that but these little glimpses into donnie's back story 
is really effective because if Donnie is a champion now and seems to be, look, there's an edge to Donnie that Rocky also had an edge, but by the time Rocky got to like four, eh, mid now the beginning of three, four, the street is removed from Rocky. That's yeah. literally the purpose of three, right? Is we got to yeah. find a way to put some street back in you with the eye of the tiger. Yeah. His edges are rounded. Yeah. I don't know if Donnie's ever have been fully rounded. He's a family man. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a bit more domesticated, shall we say, mm-hmm. than we saw earlier. But Donnie still has a kind of a fire in him. Yeah. I would never say he's, he's quite anti-hero, but there are moments when he toes the line a little bit. And I would expect that from Creed's son, because mm-hmm. that's where Creed was. When we get these glimpses into Donnie's youth, I think it helps to flesh out why Donnie is as he is. Mm-hmm. So this really interesting comment the other day, and it made a lot of sense to me. And I think it applies to Donnie in this is when you enter the world, you look like your parents. Mm-hmm. When you leave the world, you look like your choices. Yeah. I think that's a really smartly and succinctly way to put like yeah. the human condition in life. Mm-hmm. And that's Donnie. He ran with a sketchy crowd. Yeah. He was on the street. He but was he, in foster care. Cause I, he was comfortable with them, right? He was, that was his, he, Donnie's not going to mass and singing in the choir on uh, Sunday, Jesse. Yeah. He's case in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So to see these moments of what shaped him into where we see him get now. And that's what works. Like watching this man remake himself over in a domesticated where necessary, yet still violent where also necessary role through boxing. Right. right yeah. yeah. <laughs> works great. Yeah. So that's a super long answer to this. How, how do you just, how do I like it? I like it a lot. So there's <laughs> the 50,000 words to explain. Answer, I like it a lot. Answers yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this so is the, how you have to do a podcast. You yeah. have to overly talk things so you fill the space and people want to listen to your voice. There you go. Gross, there you go. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it establishes also Damien as, you know, a pretty formidable fighter. He's got a little bit of skill. It's raw, but, you know, when they're doing amateurish boxing at a VFW hall, yeah, he's able to do away with his opponents with ease. And, you know, they're getting a little bit of cash and a little bit of change to play with. And it's, you know, they stop at this liquor store and they run into someone from the past. And I like that the film, it's just random to us. It just seems like this random, weird encounter. And then later, we're going to find out who this really is. But Adonis start, just starts wailing on him. And then here comes Damien around the corner with the gun. And we hear sirens and then cut to black, right? Yep. We realize that they got into an altercation here. Sirens, we know this is going to be bad for most likely Damien. Because we know where Adonis is in his current current state. and. He, here he is, heavyweight champion of the world, present day, uh, fighting pretty Ricky Conlon again. I like this. Mm-hmm. Let, let's try and look, like a super fight part two, too, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is a great introduction to re-catch back up with Adonis, but there is maybe a bit of a sticking point with you being that there's a significant time jump we're about to make here from Creed 2 to 3. Six years? Mm-hmm. Seven? Why don't you like that? Or maybe not as big a fan. Because that's a career in boxing. Mm-hmm. Once you take that that big a time jump, you can't get those years back. Yeah. What ultimately did in Rocky wasn't the box office. It was Stallone's age. Yeah. Rocky's age. And, in, and Rocky five. <laughs> yeah, and Rocky five. Rocky's age in Rocky one has to be, man, late 20s, early 30s. Absolutely. So there's a lifespan to it, Jesse. Mm-hmm. You know, in six, that's what six doubles down on is the man 
that is way past his prime and can't move anymore. So he just has to hit harder than the guy in front of him. And so they made that work in six and Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Donnie's still young. Yeah. There's a lot of years and a lot of really big fights. And it also makes me not really buy into the Conlon fight either. Cause Ricky Conlon would be like 65 years old by the time that <laughs> happened. It's an unnecessary choice. And I know why they did it. It's to age his daughter. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess I care about that a little bit, but mostly I don't. Uh, and so the problem is, story-wise going forward, it doesn't necessarily affect this movie so much because he's still young enough to fight the way we want him to fight. Mm-hmm. But if you take six years off the table where we assume that he won all of those fights, he's still heavyweight champion. We're missing a lot of action. We're missing a lot of story that's going to come to an end inevitably. That is, he's just too old for me to buy this. Yeah. And so then the next route is you become trainer and at that point, you know, maybe it's his daughter and maybe they're doing that route, which, you know, that runs my Clint Eastwood and Hillary Swank and yeah. Million Dollar Baby. But, you know, we should grin now. And then when they find a way to be like, oh, my God, this, no, I know. this film's like really like well put together. And then we're like singing a different tune. Other than giving his daughter a more prominent role as an actress instead of just we need a baby to go be a baby. In this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really great performance by that baby being a baby in yeah. that film. Why? Why? Why age him, Jesse? You know, we think back to the Rocky franchise, and even in part two, I always always forget that. Like, he's retiring in film two, right? He's yeah. like, I can't fight anymore. The creed closed my eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, think of, you know, in Rocky three as well. I mean, remember he had a, a newborn in Rocky two, and then in three, they kind of age his kid up at least to kind of five or six. So there's a bit of a time gap there as well. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm buckled up. You know, maybe we'll ask the question at the end of this film. Do we want more? I mean, obviously you and I would go see it no matter what. Right. Yeah. I think it's a pretty decent kind of end to the story at the end of this film as well. So aging them, I don't think it, 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 it weighs uh, as heavy on me as it does. It does you, but I, I do see like there's three other stories we could probably tell in that year gap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what, what was your best age right now? 32, 33. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But this is a pretty good little fight here. Uh, I, lo- I love his trunks. He's got like these like all maroon yeah, trunks. Cool. Yeah. And I think, are we fighting like in some outdoor venue, which is really cool. And Conlon's talking crap like he was in the last one. And Donnie, you know, rightfully so. This is his one loss, right? He has mm-hmm. a pretty good boxing record. Mm-hmm. What, 32 and one? Yeah. And it's Conlon, right? Oh, he puts this guy out. This more aged than aged guy, right? Yeah, knocks the hell out of him. And gets to retire the world heavyweight champion. Pretty awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing that Rocky did in Rocky. You see the parallels between these franchises. Because remember in three, he has all those title defenses. They give him his statue on top of the Philadelphia steps. And he's like, well, I'm retiring. And Lang's like, you would retire when I'm rising up, right? And that forces him to And then obviously that whole film. And kind of the same thing here too. Donnie's like, I have no more left to prove. I have a great record. I beat the one guy that beat me. I have a good family life here. I'm not going to, you know, my wife wants me to retire. I'm going to hang it up and be kind of okay with my record and and whatnot. It's a pretty interesting way to go about Creed. And I think we do see a little of that domestication get the better of him where we want to, you see him like wanting to like, let me, I, it's kind of, I think why he takes Damien on is almost like a project, right? Yeah. To keep him busy. What do you think about his, you know, domestic life and kind of like what they've done? It's very different than Rocky and Adrian living in this mansion with robots and Polly and 
it's a different dynamic here. And they answered one question that I had going into this was we never got like a real good answer on if the daughter was able to hear or not. The answer's answered, right? Right. She's she's completely deaf. Mm-hmm. And she's at like some American Sign Language school. And this was a moment that made me like cackle in the theater. It, 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 I thought it was a great moment of comedy. Like this little girl walks up to her and tears her little drawing of her family. And she drew dad as a boxer, right? And this girl gets up and tears it in half. And I'm like, oh, I was like, this is going to be a thing in the movie now. She's being bullied and he's got a teacher, uh, some fighting. That way she can stand up for herself. Nope. She just walks up and sucks this girl. Up. Dude, I, <laughs> I lost it. I thought that was great. Yeah. So obviously she's been paying attention to, to, to dad and admires him. But what do you think of the family and the, the rapping thing? Like, what, what do you think of what we're doing with our, just our little side characters? They're, they're still populating this world. For I like that Bianca doesn't want her daughter to box because she's worried what's going to happen to her. I like mm-hmm. that kind of behind the scenes Dad is doing that dad thing, which is like, hey, mom won't know if you don't say anything. I won't say anything, but we can go ahead and box. Mm -hmm. They make another interesting choice, though, with Bianca. Mm -hmm. As she has progressive hearing loss, Mm -hmm. then they've chosen to essentially kind of retire her as well. She's moved out of the studio as far as talent and into the Producing. producing room. Kind of like a coach to the boxer. Which... I mean, I guess the movie's really insistent upon getting these people really old really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't love that either, to be honest with you. Sure. Um, I mean, if you have hearing loss, mm-hmm. whether you're listening to it so that you can produce it or performing it, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, it's still going to be hard to hear the music in either scenario. So, I really, although although I like his daughter being able to follow in his footsteps against mom's wishes. Cause that's going to create some interesting dynamics in the, in the family, which that works. Yeah. I'm just, it's, it doesn't wreck the movie for me. It doesn't take it off the rails. Just it, an odd choice for you. It's just very puzzling that yeah. they wanted to do that. We're, we barely got to know these characters. Yeah. I care about his daughter a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean a very little bit. Yeah. There was enough other characters in there that we could have played with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to have his daughter step up and take on such a prominent role. And that's fine. If they want to do, if like Rocky two, we argued, or I'm sorry, Creed two was a father son movie. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why you can't do a father daughter movie. Like I'm fine with that too. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm struggling with all of a sudden Bianca and Donnie feel like they're in their young, their early forties. They're retiring. (laughs) I just don't buy that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think that, I think that's fair. It does though. It does present some interesting pieces because now what's Donnie going to do with his time? And what's Bianca going to do in this new role as well? And mm-hmm. so that gives us a different look into the way they would go about day-to-day life. And that's, that's all interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The family dynamic for as much as I sound like I'm poo-pooing it is, is working for me. And I do like their family and I'm still regard like, despite what I just said, mm-hmm. I'm still interested in what, the inner machinations on the daily are for that. Yeah. And they're kind of in the background to me. I think the most important uh, female presence in this entire movie is actually Marianne in this film. Yeah. And this secret that she's been hiding and then her deathbed confession. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But let's introduce Damien. So, you know, Creed's been hanging out at the Delphi gym. Wood Harris is, you know, training the next big guy, some Mexican boxer. Strong side. I got it. Yeah, strong side. Left side. (laughs) I know you don't like that movie. Maybe that's a stay tuned for another day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kip Pardue. Kip Pardue and Will Patton and a little Gosling, right? Yeah. Uh, 
He's training some Mexican boxer. And I got to talk about it. that that particular boxer. I'm gonna look his name up here in a second. His opening like procession to his match that was awesome. Awesome, <laughs> dude. Uh, paint bombs and Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, that that, that that freaked me out. If I was on the opposing yeah. side there to that, excellent. So Donnie's just kind of hanging around. He's got an office there, whatever. And you know he goes outside, and there's this guy just slumped over in his car and some hoodie, and it's that bit in the clip there was like hey can you get off my car and i'm not signing autographs but you know what's what's your deal and he's like you don't remember me do you like Mm. 20 years later right this damien shows up at his gym on parole you know with his ankle monitor right and it's just like look look at this life that i had i i've been incarcerated for the last 20 years uh but i've been following you i got to see your fights uh well in jail I got to tell you, Matt, like all those aspects, this guy from the past, someone you've never talked about, someone you've like buried deep in the skeleton in your closet comes back into your life. I'm on edge like instantly. Like I'm, I'm thinking things like Cape Fear mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, exactly another film. Not, not quite the same, but like a invasive inversion in a relationship, unlawful entry with Ray Liotta and uh, the Russell. I'm nervous. I don't like this type of villain personally. I don't like invasion of privacy. I don't like how someone tries to like reestablish roots in your life when you've completely chopped that tree down, right? What do you think of that as just the introduction to the villain? I mean, there's a lot to play around with there, and I think you 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 said the word already. It's jealousy. Dottie's got his family in a pretty healthy state, but I'm sure there's some skeletons in that closet. We're going to find out that there are but there's skeletons in the closet that even aren't addressed in the movie that I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want Marianne or Bianca to know about that Damien fully knows about. Let's let that past stay in the past. That's the old version of Donnie. This is the heavyweight. I roll with heavyweight. This is the heavyweight, or I mean middleweight heavyweight champion of the world that has this facade to hold amongst the public in order to continue to fund this lifestyle that we've grown so accustomed to real quick. Do you think Damien looks heavyweight? Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan majors is a monster in this film. Yeah. So if we go through all of those things, boy, a couple stories leak out that maybe Mm -hmm. you don't want to have leaked out about maybe uh, liquor robbery or drugs or maybe stole a car or two and all of a sudden shiny boy Donnie. Although in the boxing world, that seems to be more tolerated than in other worlds. Is that fair? That's That's fair. That's fair. You can criminality as long as you can box your way out of it. (laughs) Sure. Except Rocky, he was pretty scandal free. Yeah. Hang out with coconut friends, you get coconuts. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. dude. He he lived his his philosophy. Indeed. (laughs) So. I don't know. Polly was a bit of a coconut, man. Polly was a bit of a coconut. (laughs) Yeah. The. The history between these two is sketchy. Mm -hmm. So what do you do though, Jesse? Because there seems to be as an unyet mentioned bond between the two of them that Donnie cannot break. Mm -hmm. He really, I think it's guilt. Wood Harris is right. He doesn't know this cat anything Mm -hmm. except he does owe him something. And you can see the way it's sort of ripping him apart because I think he knows when he introduces this element into his life, what's coming along with it is nothing good. Mm Now, we have no idea that Damien has his sights set on Donnie's belt, yeah. <laughs> which is the ultimate betrayal. Donnie didn't have to agree to that fight, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And the way that Damien kind of talks him into that with Stephen A. Smith on first take in the morning is pretty tricky, too. Yeah. But 
Yeah, that character is loaded. Uh, look, I'm, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I want you to think back into your past mm -hmm. and some of the things you might have done with your friends in the, at worst, PG-13 lifestyle you've constructed for yourself. <laughs> okay. Not that I'm some NC-17 <laughs> lifestyle over yeah, here either. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I think we can both probably agree we're definitely not G. Yeah. And maybe you've pushed the envelope on PG a little bit. Yeah. Whew. It's, so that's good, right? That's all really loaded stuff. Absolutely. It's an interesting premise for this villain. And uh, I see the guilt with Donnie, right? I see the guilt right away of like, oh, let me give him some money. Uh, he doesn't want my charity. You know, let me come around the box and let me just kind of show you, show you some stuff. And he's like, I think all that, those years that went by and he didn't reach out or didn't try and help, especially when, you know, he came from a pretty loaded family, right? Yeah that he didn't try to make an effort. And so I think now he's like, I got to show him something. I can't just be like, well, see you later, bud. It's been real, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, come down to the gym. You know, I'll let you hit the bag a little bit. You know, what's his face needs some sparring partners. Oh, man, this is a recipe for disaster. It's just like I can sense it from the word go. And then when he invites him to his house and they have this like dinner, I'm like, oh, gosh, and you're bringing it into the family life. And they kind of really, that doesn't go as far as it does in Cape Fear, right? Yeah. But I sense it. I sense the invasiveness of that. Man, we're making a thriller at this point here. Is this the hand that rocks the cradle or is this Creed Three? <laughs> Sometimes there's some moments. It happens in uh, Straw Dogs. Mm. Also happens in 310 to Yuma a bit. That's where the villain is introduced to the protag's wife. And although the villain does not have the best intentions for anyone in mind, there's that hint of slight interest from the protagonist's wife in the villain, mm -hmm. certainly in Straw Dogs, where in that terrible rape scene, there's a moment where I don't really know if we're totally hating all of that. <laughs> and then in 310 to Yuma, there's other ones too, but Gretchen yeah, Mole and love. Russell Crowe. Yeah. We have to do that movie someday. I want to do straw. I want to do a whole peck and paw thing with straw dogs. That'd be great. It would be. Yeah. Introducing Damien to Bianca. And I don't, I don't trust Bianca's faithfulness to Donnie, but in film faithfulness is only in so far as it's protected on the page because it's great conflict to sort of challenge that a little bit. Isn't Damien in a sense, the more streety, bad guy part of what Donnie is for Bianca. They're fairly similar, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I can see for me in my mind, mm -hmm. I can see a path to story that makes sense where the conflict of bringing Damien to dinner and all of the things that that means mm could possibly, it, the movie chooses not to go that way. but yeah. just, And I'm not even sour mashing it. I'm just saying. It could go that way. Easily. And be pretty crazy, right? I mean, you brought it up earlier. Mm -hmm. When Lang calls out Rocky in Rocky 3 and says, Hey, lady, why don't you come over here and I'll show you what a real man. There's a moment where, where Adrian kind of goes. In my dungeon. <laughs> Adrian kind of goes, hmm, does it look like flying candy? Yeah. You, just a hint. Mm -hmm. Now, I would never um, dare desanctify the love between Adrian and Rocky, Adrian and Rocky, but yeah. people are people, Jesse. Yeah. And in film, people really are people because mm -hmm. that's how you get story. Yeah. So just some, just a thought. No, I would not bring him to dinner. We'd go out to dinner. Yeah. Me and him. 
uh, Bianca has a headache or she's got to take, what's her name to piano or what? I, what? Well, it's crossing a line. I just bring kind of like almost a complete stranger into your house. And then, you the know, is he going to say at dinner? Yeah. And then he brings up the group home at this point, And she's like, I don't know about this group home that you mentioned. But yeah, you could totally see it going that way. We're like, in, imagine this scenario too, where like the daughter really is looking up to dad and he's too busy promoting this fight between Felix Chavez and Victor Drago. Uh, so that's kind of like what's keeping him busy, but he has no time for daughter. And then Dame starts like showing her some boxing moves. Like now he's taking the father role too. Mm -hmm. Again, that Cape Fear element, but not quite getting a Zicky with it. Uh, yeah, I think there's some ground to play with, but I don't, I don't think it derails this film as well. I think they get plenty of conflict and tension out of just, you oh, know, yeah. how angry Damien is. And he, I know he's not Lang's son, but man, he's sure training in a club Lang Shantate, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> Rough, rough digs. And just angry. And so I'm, I get extra nervous when he steps in for the sparring match with uh, Felix Chavez. Yeah. And you're like, this guy ain't sparring, man. He's going for the knockout in these just little, we're supposed to be just beyond ex exhibition matches. Like, just give him a little cardio so he can, you know, know what it's like to fight, hit, hit something. You know, there's historical precedent to that, too. The sparring parts, partner that turns out to be a great champion. You know, that was Larry Holmes mm -hmm. as sparring partner to Muhammad Ali. Mm. Now, Larry Holmes that ran into yeah. plenty of Michael Spinks, and Michael Spinks ran into Mike Tyson after 91 seconds. But there is a path in history to that as well. Yeah. Of course, like if you're in the club and you're sparring partner, you could cut your teeth knocking the hell out of the champion that's supposed to beat the crap out of you. Proving your, and Damien wants to prove I'm, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than this chump you put me in here with, this paper champion, this ragdoll. He's also way more gigantic than him, too. There's that piece, too. <laughs> And then, so he sees the, how, what a shitty job. Yeah. Think about that too from Damien. Okay, you're in the gym, so at least you're back in the element that you love, which is boxing. Jesse, who in the hell would want to be a sparring partner? How much money can you make to get, get your face pummeled by some champion knowing, like, I really can't go that hard because I'm going to knock this guy out and then I'm going to lose my job? So, what do you do for a living? Oh, I just basically let the champion beat the hell out of me every day. Yeah, exactly. Hard pass. Yeah. And if there's any bit of pride, like Damien has added to regret and then all of the other elements that he let just fester while he was in jail, man, it's a cool arc. And mm -hmm. I totally believe that that dirt bag would absolutely take that opportunity mm -hmm. and, and do what he does with it. Fantasy question. Uh -oh. Who's a boxer in the Rocky Creed verse that you don't want to be a sparring opponent? For? No, Clubber Lang. It's, to me, it's still Clubber Lang. <laughs> yeah. N what? No part of that. Not only will he knock your block off, he'll spit on you as he does it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Ivan Drago because when he hits me, it's going to be syncopated with a falling tree in the forest. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The good thing with Drago, it'll just be snap your neck and you're over. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dead sparring partner. They're just, yeah, they're just going through sparring partners like crazy. And Length's so mean, he'll probably break both your ribs on, or all your ribs on both sides and then decide. Were you, know, you were you really scared of, yeah, the Clubber Lang really bothered you as a kid then? It terrified me. Yeah. Yes. That was the angriest black man I'd ever seen in my life. He was terrifying. And then and he, that mohawk. And I knew Mr. T from the A-team. Yeah. It wasn't new to me. Yeah, he was a hero. Yeah. Damn, he was mean. Yeah. Interesting that they could just twist him on the head like that and make him this villain. I think it's, remember the sound? The sound of Lang's just like, Yes. It was like, he was like, it was like a tornado. He threw that punch with such a look in his face. He just was trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Anger as gritted teeth in his mouth. Oh, God, yes, terror. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, it scared me as a kid. Top 15 film villains for you? Uh, 10, probably. Yeah? Thank God it's only three rounds. I'd probably need therapy. 
That's interesting. Yeah, like I hear, you know, we talk about Lang and Rocky three and whatnot, but go back to 82 and like the Rocky three in the moment. Like that was a, a, someone to be absolutely feared. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So, you know, da- Damien sees this as an opportunity. You're promoting this fight. You know, like you have the opportunity to make me champion. Let me just prove it to you. And then we kind of get to like this interesting, like reversal moment in the film where we're at a, the record event, one of Bianca's record events, and Victor Drago's there. What, what do you think of that? Because, you know, Brett kind of, you know, alluded to that a little bit. I don't want to call them best buds, but they're kind, kind of, of interesting buds, right? I think they have become friends, which brings up that post-credit scene that we talked about, the deleted scene. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it makes it any more relevant. I think it just makes it a little bit more layered, and there's a lot that they could have done with that, and the way they went is fine. I don't want, let's not do last week again, but... Yeah, I think they are friends. I mean, I don't know if Drago's going to Donnie for boxing advice, but Donnie is promoting him. Yeah. And if you're going to promote someone, unless you're Don King mm-hmm. or the devil, I think you do have an affinity for that person. If nothing else, you have to like them enough to keep them upright long enough mm-hmm. to get your payday. Yeah. If I don't think Victor needs help in that department. But yeah, they've become, dare I say, yeah. I wouldn't even say frenemies. I'd say friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to, to go about that. Another staple from the Rocky franchise that we've seen. I mean, the, the Rocky Creed thing is obviously why we have this film. So mm-hmm. this movie, this, okay, this, did you decide on Saga? Are we fully on Saga here? Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. the Rocky universe, the Saga. Yeah. They are really good at taking the pieces that made what Rocky work and sneakily clandestinely, surreptitiously weaving them in to this film. Did you ever think in your mind that Donnie and Victor would become friends? No, I didn't even think we'd get a Creed 2 after a Creed 1. I thought that was just like a a pipe dream that one film would work. It came out, people loved it, got the critical love. Uh, And we're still going on this journey where they're doing stuff like this. Like I never would have thought this in a million years. By humanizing Drago, Daddy Drago, Mm -hmm what we found is a way to like son Drago because he doesn't have to fight for his father. Who's finally put to bed, whatever shitty treatment the cold war Russian government gave him. Fuck you, Gorbachev and and Brigitte Nielsen. (laughs) Right. Somehow we've done that. And if Donnie likes him, although maybe his choices with Damien might not speak to extra character or, you know, extra um, percept character uh, evaluations and people, if he's okay with them, I guess I'm okay with them. You know, I love that. I love I love that he's doing that for him. Well, think about think about Cobra Kai and when they do that all the time. Like yeah. that that show is a masterwork in making you think the heroes are the heroes and the villains are the villains. And then you're like, I don't know, Daniel's being kind of an asshole right now. Yep. Johnny Lawrence is kind of the hero of this story. Or oh my god, that Tori Nichols, she's the worst. Oh my god! Like she's kind of sympathetic in now her I pathetic life. I get like, it. Why she's the worst? They yeah. do it all the time with that. That these two series, Rocky Creed Universe and the Karate Kid Miyagi Verse. Jesse, they I, did. They even set it up that John Kreese is the evilest man on the planet, mm-hmm. and we even gave him a redeeming moment in that series. Exactly. God, they're good at it. Mm-hmm. To they, them. Well, I think they understand. I think what makes good villains villains, and that's an interesting backstory done in a unique show don't tell way. Yeah. Uh, 
and humanizing them. It's it's those moments where you're just like, oh, this guy doesn't have to just be something that just like wants to rule rubble. He's just like, yeah, has a real tragic life. You know, this mom's dying of cancer or something like that. Can I ask you a question? This is totally off subject, but you yeah. just put a bug in my ear about mm-hmm. William Zabka for a minute. Mm-hmm. With the success of Cobra Kai and the way Zabka made a couple of films and then disappeared and actually won an Academy Award, by the way. Yeah. No people, it's more technical than it is mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. When Cobra Kai was going, and is it still going? I can't think of a time I've seen a clip from him being on Kimmel or any of those circuits. That's still pretty indie, right? Is it because he just doesn't want it? Wouldn't you think he'd be out in front of that promoting? Because I guarantee you, Ralph Macho from Islanders games, God bless the New York Islanders, come yeah. on, got to beat those lightning tonight, to the media tour that he's on, yeah, to he's, the book that he just released. Yeah. yeah not, he, not Zabka. Macho's like, I got that 80 power, 80s power again, right? The Outsiders Macho's back. Yeah, maybe. Do that's, you find that odd? It's maybe not. It's, it's not his style, right? Is he Keanu Reevesing it a little bit? A little bit. Uh, to William Zabka then. Mm-hmm. Because that show doesn't fly without him. No, no, no way. There's no show without yeah. him. Yeah, you need him and then, yeah, Machio specifically, right, too. Okay, anyway, back but to this. Anyway, we got one more season left of that, so we better enjoy it while we can. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so, yeah, they're at this party. Victor Drago gets Nancy Kerr- Kerrigan out of, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> this guy just comes and just, like, busts his hand, and, yeah. and it's a whole incident, and it's very strange, and it's a big, it's a big mess now because now Donnie doesn't have anyone to perform. Uh, promote the fight uh, now that Victor's going to have to heal for months. But what an opportunity for Damien to be like, like, I'll find you a champ. Oh, my buddy Damien. Oh, what a horrible mistake he's about to make here, right? Yeah. And Wood Harris, I think, is the only one that really senses. I don't even really get from the wife that she senses a danger in. She's more mad at Donnie for, like, all these secrets that she's discovering at this point. Mm-hmm. But Wood Harris is the one who's like, Donnie, this guy is angry. He's This is not a refined fighter. This is a fighter from the streets, and he he wants blood. Mm-hmm. We can't put him up against this guy. What are you thinking? It's like, we're not going to find anyone else that can can go up, up against him on, sh- on such a short notice, right? Right. This is a recipe for disaster here. And it unfolds mm-hmm. as such. So we get to this. So we get each. I think this is a rule, too. Um for this universe, there's always a f- kind of a fight for the most part, not Rocky one or two, but there's usually a fight in the middle and then we get another one at the end. Right. Yeah. So we get this fight between Damien and, uh, oh, geez, I forgot, forgot his name again. And it is brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we get to see much like, you know, Lang beating down Rocky in the, the first go round. This fighter doesn't have a chance. I, I need to look his name up again, but yeah, what do you think of this, this first initial fight here? Damien's talked up his ability in the Felix ring. Felix Chavez, sorry guys. Talked up his ability in the ring quite a bit. Those are just words until you see it. But there's an intention to fighting that is, I just want to win the fight and that's out point you. That's not the way Damien fights. Every punch he's throwing is intended for a strict purpose of a message mm-hmm. to everybody else that, hey, I'm coming. And I'm coming hard and fast now. And a little dirty too, right? I mean, not a little, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, kind of swipes him with an elbow, cuts his cuts his cheek, and does does I think hits the like shoulder. Yeah, is that, is that frowned upon in boxing? Like, I would assume, but I don't think it's illegal. I don't think it's illegal either because they didn't call anything. But yeah, incapacity like dislocates his shoulder. Yeah, dislocate or give me a dead arm where I can't Something. feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's he's going for blood, and I think for for the second time in this franchise, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna kill this other boxer, and yeah. then like, oh man, we have a monster in the ring right now. But he does put him he put him out TKO, and he lives, but man, barely, mm-hmm. possibly. And so Donnie's pissed, right? He's like, I didn't, you know, hire you to do that. I didn't put on this fight to to do that, and. Dude, Damien's on the beach having a Lost Boys party. <laughs> no, 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 Stuck not Lost it. Boys. Uh, he's having like a point break beach party out there instead. Oh, yeah. That's a little more appropriate. And Donnie's pissed. And he, mm-hmm. he kind of lets him have it there. And it's Damien's like, you know what? I was in the ring. You led this cushy life. Now it's my turn. I'm, I'm, I'm the world champion now. What type of conflict are we setting up, Matt? Is this, this thing's going to collide big time, right? Yeah, and I... You know, Donnie shows up at the beach and, man, they almost jump him at the beach. That's what I was worried about is when we got there, they were going to jump him at the beach. Um, Donnie's prideful. And when Damien puts him on blast the way he does and essentially says, hey, bro, I just used you. You know, the way I was used, that's cost me 18 years of my life. Very Max Katie-like. Mm. I'm using you right back. And I want to thank you. And if you want it, come and get it. Yeah. Matt, Cape Fear single-handedly made me not want to become a lawyer. Like, really? That was like the one thing I was like, I was like, that's an interesting career path. But I saw that and I was like, oh, hell no. Mm. I don't want to get Max Katie'd in my real life. It's, it's just... worth considering. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. Who wants to? Jeez. Robert Mitchum's terrifying. Mm. And I know you don't. I, I like the De Niro version too. Like, I, I think that's a fine film as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're setting up an interesting conflict, and we're gonna kind of muddle it just a little bit more because he goes and visits mom, uh, Marianne, here after this fight, and like the secrets of like the village, some like case that we hide in a closet. Uh, she pulls out this box of all these letters that Damien wrote Donnie while he was in prison, and she never passed them along because she sensed right away that this was this was a bad guy, trouble, and doing I think the rightly mom thing of like. I need to separate him from that life. He was almost arrested. I can't let him have a relationship with this guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't discourage that either. I understand, but it's it's made this situation even even worse. Yeah, it plays into the guilt thing that mm-hmm. Damien has laid at Donnie's feet because I didn't do this guy dirty, but he's not going to want to hear. And you can't, as a boxer, say, hey, bro, don't be mad at me. My mom just didn't give you your the letter. There's Right? I mean, talk about making yourself look like a complete joke. <laughs> How do you, where do you go with that? No, you can't bring that. <laughs> so that doesn't really leave a whole lot of pass forward. And for a guy who's retired, somebody else has the belt anyway. You know, and I could be, they could do the letter thing is post fight. When he beats him, he goes and sits down to him and he like puts that in his lap or something. It was like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it works on its own. I'm just finding, trying to find a way to like. Make it a little bit better, too. Are you mad at Marianne for that a little bit? I know you can understand parentally why, but does it make you mad? From a uh, child's perspective to a parent doing something like that, yeah, I would be really put out by something like that. That's that's pretty cruel. But then, I, you know, I understand the, the, the reasoning and the logic, too. And then we failed to mention, dude, Marianne is slowly stroking out this whole film, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. She's had like a, a massive stroke, and, you know, they're worried about her. They want her to move in with them, which that's a whole other saga right uh but 
you know, they decide to kill her off in this film. And I think in an interesting deathbed confession, because Creed did have two other kids that we saw briefly in Rocky two. And we've never seen them ever again since. Right. Right. I would like, like to know that story of what it was like for those two kids to grow up with Donnie. Yeah. And why there's no relationship there. Maybe that's Creed four. Right. Mm. Uh, but she makes a confession of like, Donnie, you helped me get over Apollo's death. What do you think of that? What do you say to your mom as she's dying? Just let them, let them go. Like, what's on your mind? Tell me, speak to me. And You're she- upset about the letters. This mm-hmm. woman saying, you helped me get over this. There's all of these loaded at the last second things that are needing to be addressed. But is that how you're going to send a dying woman that essentially rescued you from the depths of hell? Yeah. You can't do that, Jesse. Like, they do a good job in this film of painting him in a corner. You can't say, hey, bro, sorry about the letters. My mommy had them in her, you know, jewelry box. And then, (laughs) right? That's not going to play. Yeah. And then you can't say anything to your mother other than just take it because you're not going to leave this dying woman with that as she leaves this immortal plane. You're not going to berate her on her deathbed. (laughs) Donnie's just got to take it. Yeah. And the only way to again get out of it is decide I'm going to unretire because I shouldn't even be retired anyway. I'm only two years away from getting the belt because I'm not six years older sure, sure, sure. and you know, solve it with the way that I solve everything or the way that all creeds solve everything with their fists. But I feel for him and you can just feel the walls closing in around him with what the social context of just being a good person is. He could mm-hmm. tell Marianne, man, you blew it. Yeah. I love you, but man, you blew like to what end? Oh, Donnie, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, what? Yeah. So very, very few outs for Donnie and a very, very angry fellow mm-hmm. that is about to, I think, take what's already a very upset Donnie and blow him up on national TV. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I, yeah, I just want to wrap up the mom real quick. Yeah, like when she blows that line of just, yeah, you helped me get over the death of Apollo. It was just, it, it, it shows the weight of, you know, as weird as she was in her place in life with her husband dying and have to raise two kids as Donnie was not knowing his father being incarcerated to find kind of solace in each other. Yeah. Like they both needed each other in a weird, in a weird kind of non-parental cause they're not blood, right? Mm-mm. The two of them directly. I thought that was fascinating. And I thought that was a way to, you know, make Donnie's story more important. I wanted to know more about what did the other kids think of this kid <laughs> growing up? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah, he goes on Stephen A. Smith in the morning uh, and just kind of talks, tries to, like, kind of reason reason with him. But then they essentially just set set a fight on live TV right here. Yeah. Dave calls into Stephen A. Smith's show. He has, like, the, 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 the speed dial for it, I imagine. And, yeah, they kind of go back and forth, and it's on, right? Mm-hmm. Not here. Not here, Damien. Not yeah. here. Not yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, no, what's happening here, champ? Yeah. And then... Way we go. I think at this point we know the only way these two are going to be able to squash whatever beef and history and dramas between them, they're going to have to do it in the boxing ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he finally tells Bianca. So they had the funeral for the mom and, you know, everyone's really sad. And this is finally when he was like, I got to tell you about what happened between me and Dave. this is why I didn't bring him up all those years. Like he came, brought the gun. We were arrested. But the guy I was beaten up was this guy that ran the foster home we were in who just beat the hell out of us. I don't think sexual abuse is implied, but maybe, but I don't know. Sleepers. Yeah. 
just a rough foster home and they see this guy scratching lottos outside the liquor store and he's like, hey, fucker, like, it's on. It's on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we made a mistake in the moment. We were young. We were 12, 13 years old, right? And now it's really come back to bite me in the ass. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that confession? What do you think of that revelation of? Well, how does Bianca get mad at him now? There's nothing he could do, and that's yeah. what anybody would have done. Mm-hmm. You know, but then what we're going to come to realize is that <clears throat> Damien took the rap, and that rap ended up being a big one. Mm-hmm. 18 years. Yeah. You know, Bianca, I think, is someone that in this series leans on the side of busting Donnie's chops when he doesn't come clean with whatever she thinks he needs to come clean with immediately. Mm -hmm. And for him to give her this, which is a really monumental and tragic moment in his life. It think, I think it changes how she perceives what the next course of action should be for him. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go? I mean, think about this from the outside. Are you now going to go beat the hell out of this guy that has the belt that you don't want anymore because you retired, that you kind of screwed over directly or indirectly because of your mom's letters, because you just left him alone in prison for 18 years? Yeah. Maybe not. And like, can I really be mad at you? Because I can understand why you don't want to talk about that. Because what is Bianca going to say that's going to make that better? Yeah. Donnie, I understand. Actually, Bianca, you have no idea. No, you don't. That you, that you don't even begin to under- stop. If anything, she kind of encourages him to like, well, you need to go fight him. Like, you need to like get back in there and settle this your way. I don't even know if I buy that from her, though, either. She's, no? Man, she's a hard character for me to figure out. Yeah, no, they, she's well-written. What is a likely <laughs> response from wife to husband if something like that was given? Donnie, it's in the past. Move on. Look at all that we have. We've had that speech before a lot in different iterations of Rocky over and over or Creed even to a certain extent. Yeah. You're going to lose everything if he's hungry or he's mad. Scared on the beach. You hear me? I'm scared. We've seen it. We've seen it. But Bianca, as his really only remaining support, Wood Harris, I guess. I guess. Mm -hmm. But really, Bianca, as his rocker, his, his support in this, his anchor... Ah, uh, she's in a tough spot now too. I do like though that it's so heavy; it doesn't go on the side of. Well, you don't trust me yeah, enough no, no, no. to tell me because yeah. I don't want to fucking hear that. No, 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 like, no, no. don't yeah. go that We're road. Not and they down don't. That road. Yeah, and they don't. Yeah. So I think it's handled really, really well. And it's a big loaded moment. And frankly, the foster home owner that was beating the crap out of you, whether it's physically, sexually, all of the above, probably had it coming. Yeah. So beating the hell out of him, I can see Bianca saying, hey, that was the right choice. But then, and then your friend took the rap and you just left him and boy, she's at a, they're all in the middle of this. Now. Exactly. Yeah. It's all complicated. But I asked you, yeah. is boxing the way out? Do you like, in, do you buy that? Is that, is that the way out? It reminded me kind of, like, this is a little bit different, but like it reminded me Rocky too. And Adrian, who's been very staunch about Rocky, you don't have to get in the boxing ring anymore. Like you almost went blind this time. And she's like, there in the hospital bed. She's like, Rocky, you just do one thing. Win. <laughs> exactly. So she kind of reinforces like if you this is what you need to do to move on to get past whatever you are you are in life go for it and then bury the hell out of it right yeah and so then we get this interesting training montage that like in an airport hangar uh 
He gets to run up the Hollywood steps, and I did like this. I, I kind of felt like he was doing a Rocky Four yelling Drago at the top of the Russian mountains, but he was kind of just doing like a primal scream at the top of the Hollywood hills. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was. Uh, and then Victor's in there sparring with him, so we see that camaraderie of what's going on here. But I'm looking forward to this fight because I think it has, you know, more personal gravity than any of the other fights. Maybe, you know, Creed two. I mean, you killed my father and whatnot and... You know, you know, all the daddy issues in that film. We've, but we've never had one at such a personal level before like like this. Just like two friends at odds with each other. One kind of screwed over the other. And one's, you know, oh, we failed to mention that Damien uh, hired the guy that Kerrigan Drago, right? Yeah. He was in a prison photo with this guy. So we're like, God, this guy is pretty scummy at this point. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, we're at Dodger Stadium. We're having an outdoor fight. Yeah, it's <laughs> have cool. They, have they ever had outdoor boxing out there? I don't know if at Dodger Stadium, Hollywood Bowl for sure, mm-hmm. but I would imagine after all the years, probably, but I, I can't speak to that. That'd be a pretty good venue for uh, a, a fight. Pomp and circumstance, you know, this is, you know, third time in here with, with, with these guys and we get this fight going and round one is, you know, a typical round one, you know, it's a little bit back and forth kind of striking some blows. And then from like we get like an interesting rounds 2 through 11 montage that's like a fantasy in their head. What do you think about that? I kind of liked it. Did you? I liked how it was different that we've never seen like if you wanted to show external or internal conflict visually on the screen, it's this boxing match. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well said. Perfect. The, the yeah. prison bars, you know, like replicas of the liquor store and just kind of their history clashing on the screen. Visually, I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that we, up to this point, this weird, fantastical, non-reality moment, I was okay with. I, I, I really felt that it, it fit the film and especially their, their conflict together. I think it gives you their POV mm-hmm. omnisciently, which is something I've never seen done on, on film before. Yeah. What they're fighting is each other. How would you write that? How would you just <laughs> cut to ethereal? I, I don't know. Boxing, I guess. Yeah. External ethereal boxing dream. Dream state. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe like secondary slug dream. Dream. Dream state. Yeah. I don't know. But what they're fighting through in the action is what they're fighting through emotionally. Why not? It's just the backdrop. They're still throwing the same amount of punches, and it's still. Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot less ducking juking and jiving and a whole lot just let's just go yeah yeah i know it's an interesting different look instead of just the roaring crowd because you're going to get that too mm-hmm. there's some of that also yeah it's a really brave mm-hmm. dare i say brave there you go. choice for michael b jordan to take stapled genre boxing this is what has to happen and we're going to get camera angles, and we're going to get this shot, and this shot, and now nah, I want to do any of that. Mm-hmm. We'll have some of those shots, but we're going to do it in a dream dream state. Yeah. You, you want to do what? It's brave. Good for him. I'll give him credit. Good job. Michael B. Jordan's a really smart cat. I, th- I think he's slayed directing this film. Yeah, I don't it's know how you can argue with that. really well put together, and I wonder if there was conversations in my weird fantasy I imagine on the set of Creed 1 and 2, he's just picking Stallone's ear about, like, what was it to direct, like, some of those Rocky films and stuff like that? Like, did you get more insight into the character doing it that way? Was Stallone's first directorial three? Two. He did two. He did two, three, four, and Balboa. Didn't want any part of five. 
I'm fuck, not directing, fuck. I'm not directing this <laughs> I'll film. I'll let Adelson take the fall for that I'll shit. I'll barely yeah. be in this film. <laughs> All right, yeah. But I just wonder if you're just like, you know, what was it like to, you know, be the star of the franchise, end of the film, but then also step behind the director's chair to like, did that make it easier for you? Well, okay, since you're doing this, I'm with you. Let's talk about interesting, interesting career trajectories. Mm-hmm. So I think we see a very clear path for Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. One to ten. Let's go the other way. Jonathan Majors, with everything that's happening, we'll set the backdrop. He's got a bit of legal trouble right now with the yeah. domestic issue, and there's a very interesting, and maybe you can post it on one of the socials this week, that article that I gave you. Yeah. It's uh, some bar- some more Marvel bad news. Um, I guess bad news, but Jonathan Majors is tied into that, too, with some it's, of the stuff that's going on. Essentially, a domestic, it's not great a <laughs> domestic violence issue as Kang being the, the Thanos in this, this next round. Where do you see this going, Jesse? I mean, we go it's, from... It's a clear five for me. And it can either hmm. go up or back down. Yeah. And it depends on, you know, how se- the severity of this case, which we don't have all the fact, fact, facts no, and details about it. Right. But if that goes one way, yeah, great. You can, you know, move on. If it goes another way, it's it's a career disaster and, you know, a huge blow to Marvel. Huge blow and a huge blow to him because he's really yeah. close, Jesse. Yeah. You get Kang, you get this film, mm-hmm. you are the spokesman for the U.S. Army and those commercials that suddenly disappeared. And I was wondering, where did those commercials go? They're on every break in the NCAA tournament. I haven't seen one in a week and a half now. Yeah. Well, now I know. Yeah, now you know. Now yeah. I know. Yeah. They pulled them yeah. until the charges have been resolved. It'd be unfortunate, too, because he's really good in this movie. He's really good as Kang, yeah, he's too. He's good. He was, like this, he was the saving grace for you in Quantum of Mania shit. <laughs> Quantum garbage. The more I think about that, that 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 is it's 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 going lower. Don't think about it anymore. Okay, <laughs> gotta let it go. <laughs> come back. Make it as small as the ants in the film in your mind. Oh, there you go. Um, you don't you don't. I think he's in trouble. You you don't seem to have the same worry that I do. I, I think it might. You know, it could be in a thing or you know just whatever. You know, it, it could go the other way, and it was you know charges get reversed and you know it was you know the girlfriend or doing whatever who god knows what right well apparently there's some texts from her that seem to offer a bit of uh, grace shall we say for him maybe that give him an alibi yeah. and an out and look you know honestly yeah if you and i can see it mm-hmm. anybody that's attached to him that might be gravy training his fame and fortune can certainly see it as well mm-hmm. yeah. and i could see that there and i'm hoping because i, I want to like him yeah and i don't want that to be mm-hmm. another challenge for whatever the hell the path forward in anything is right sure yeah but, but yeah, it's he's, he's got himself a couple interesting six months here yeah we'll have to pay attention to that but he's good in the film this character's interesting and yeah he's going all for it so we leave kind of dreamscape and we go to a kind of a reality round 12 and these guys just go for it right mm-hmm. pretty 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 good. I think Donnie knows. I'm going to have to knock this guy out. I like when they get the eleventh, mid-11th round of, okay, if you want to win, the only way to win is to knock the guy out. Yeah. Rocky's heard that at least three or four times. So, like, he, he goes in there knowing, like, I got to go for it. And, you know, he puts him down. He doesn't get back up. And Donnie gets to win heavyweight champion of the world again. How does that work, though? Or He just reclaims the belt. I, yeah, I guess that's, that's right because, you know, he... He had it when he beat Conlin, never gave it up, and just still has it. I think there's some odd rule that as champion, if you don't fight within 11 months or there's some time frame, 
you forfeit the belt. They don't want the WBO, the WBC, the WBA, whoever that, all those nomenclature so organizations. Then, then is it rankings that determines, okay, these guys are going to be the, in the contention for the next heavyweight champion? In theory, but actually the promoters decide that. The rankings okay. are just to sort of stage one versus four versus two versus six. Like you probably are going to get more play out of uh two versus five instead of a one versus 10 yeah. until the fight makes the fight. But the rankings are just a non clarifying ranking system that gives numbers that then the promoters I think are able to bastardize in order to make as much money on them as they can. And to that fine, that's what makes like fights make fights and promoters also make fights too. That sounds so complicated, <laughs> but number one doesn't automatically get a shot at number two. Interesting. Like eventually, like if, if one continues to duck number two, then you get a Stephen A. Smith in real life, Stephen A. Smith scenario in real life where number two comes out and says, man, you're acting like a bitch. Stop running. Let's fight. Mm -hmm. And then, which is really good hype to make people want to go see that fight. Cause then you go, man, those two dudes really hate each other. They're really going to really box this time, which yeah. no one goes in and really doesn't try to box. Right. Yeah. So are you into UFC stuff at all? Or I used to really be into it too much. And there's just one event after another. I just got so saturated. I was out. Sure. Yeah. No, but in the days of, you know, Keith Jardine and mm -hmm. uh, Rampage Jackson. And oh, yeah. I was, I, I was all about it back then, but no, I'm not. Are you into it? That's just a, it's just a high instance of me having to see someone compound fracture their leg on another dude's body. And I'm just like, I, I need to, I need less of that in my life. I do think if I'm going to sit watch, down, I'll watch a big highlight fight. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll sit down. And I think it's more entertaining than boxing in most cases. Mm -hmm. I think boxing can be a little boring. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, if you don't, defend the title within X amount of time, mm -hmm. then you forfeit it. And what then happens is the promoters put together either a unifying fight or a title fight for the unclaimed position of title holder in this winner gets the belt. That's yeah. how, and they just, and then winner gets it, whether they were second or third or seventh or whatever they were ranked winner gets it. Interesting. So Donnie wins, he gets to reclaim the belt. And essentially, you know, the clip I played last week where, you know, Donnie get, goes and visits Drago and kind of they have a little powwow. They cut that from this film, but then they do that scene in this movie, right? Where like post-fight, you know, celebration, he goes and visits uh, Damien and kind of has that a bit of a same conversation like, you know, I'm sorry I neglected you. I'm here if you need anything. But there also seems to be, I felt a little bit of a severing of those ties as well. Yeah. Like, I, I really, even though I beat him and I'm kind of made amends, I can't be friends with this guy, right? Well, does Damien still have a career? Do I mean, we, we I didn't waste that villain. He's still usable. Absolutely, yeah. If he does it legitimately and not dirty in the in the ring, yeah, I think there, there could be a redemption arc or, I don't know, maybe a more villainous turn for that guy. <laughs> I think Donnie barely beats him. Mm -hmm. So anytime you barely beat the villain especially in boxing, look look what they've done with Drago. They've almost mm -hmm. created almost a secondary story with Drago that I'm really interested in too because I kind of would like to see Donnie train Dog Drago and promote Drago. Drago v. Damien? Oh, oh, let's go. Oh, man. I, I, I'd pay for the pay-per-view on that. Let's go mm -hmm. see that fight. That'd be pretty good. I think that could be great. Yeah. So good for them. And supposedly the rumors are that Creed is going to spin into possibly a series. Have you some, been following that? Some stuff on Amazon, right? Episodic series stuff. You got to have people that you want it. Like this isn't going to be some domestic drama. This is going to be a boxing series. I yeah. would assume with Donnie as the front man is training in this yeah. Delphi gym. Yeah. I, we'll see how that could go. Probably, you need characters. I'd be pretty good. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It would be good. I'd watch some episodic series of that. 
And at that point, Stallone's got to like let his beef be beef with whatever, and he's got to get involved in like some sort of episodic thing too, with you know supervising writing or something, because that I think he would do really well in that space. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So you know, Donnie goes back to the ring one last time. His daughter's in there, kind of doing some shadow boxing, and it's kind of a cool, cute moment between the two of them. And then the fam leaves, all three of them, and Donnie. I get this is where I come back to this. Kind of gives this look at the ring of just like, yeah, I'm done with this. And then just kind of moves on. We cut to black and... Except for his daughter in there. Sure, yeah. But if that's the end of his story, if this is the last Creed, if we just decide, you know, we don't want to do anymore, I think it's an okay ending for the character. I sure, mean, we, I do too. We've done three really good arcs with him. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Not a bad way to go out. No, I don't disagree with that at all. Mm. I'm 100%. And they have enough of other characters to where I can still maintain interest. Sure. As long as... He or Stallone or both are still in it. And a Kugler involvement somewhere in there? Sure, yeah. Speaking of which, what do you think of this? Okay, this is, again, kind of an early, early development. Mm -hmm. Ryan Kugler's in early development on X-Files series. Oh, no way. Yeah. I love that. I don't think it's a reboot, so I don't think that means a Mulder and a Scully. It might be its own brand new interesting thing, but he's had conversations with Chris Carter about doing a re, uh, like a reboot, like reimagining of X-Files. Well, look, you know, that's like top four TV shows of all time for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm in. That could be pretty good. Can he collaborate with Taylor Sheridan and some of the writing elements too? Oh, man. That would just, could you imagine that team oh together? God, that'd be just too, slay. too wild. That's like a huge fantasy matchup. Yes. Yeah, I'd be down for an X-Files. Like, you know, Mulder and yeah, Scott, they, they yeah. did the return and the revival, and that was what it was. Some of it was okay. But if they did a kind of a new thing just set within like just weird extraterrestrial investigation stories, I'm I'm down for that. I'm not, sign me up. It could still be the offices that have been reignited. Sure, yeah, yeah. And you could still have I mean, we never did really solve a lot of those issues. There's still black oil and there's still cigarette smoking man and the lone gunman. There's still all of those pieces that they nobody answered. Yeah. Mulder and Scully are just too old. And actually they're not even really too old. Yeah. I don't want to see them again, but yes, I do. That was must-see Friday night viewing for you, wasn't it? Uh, Sunday night, but it absolutely was. And that was back in the days when we used to have set the VCR to tape it. Mm. And that was part of our Sunday ritual. And never, Myself and my wife, Denise, watched hour upon hour. Like, it was a thing mm-hmm. to make sure we were home in time to watch the X-Files or make sure the VCR was set for it or DVD, whatever we wanted to do on it. But. So to the listeners out there, because, you know, you know, you know, we have different generations of listeners that, you know, like to binge and watch TV. Would you absolutely recommend the X-Files for them? Yep. Start with season one. And if you want to know where it's happening to pique your interest, begin with the Erlenmeyer flask episodes, because mm-hmm. that's going to give you a snapshot into the larger conspiracy. It's masterful writing, ladies and gentlemen. It's how you have a larger, bigger villain through multiple seasons but don't weigh the story down with the weekly episodic challenge of bad guy. It's brilliant. It's where Vince Gilligan of Breaking Bad fame got his start too, right? Yeah. yeah. And you want to know another cool piece? Oh, man, we're on a, like a crazy tab right now, yeah, but on. whatever. Uh, Final Destination, the film, mm. started out as a spec, as an episode on X-Files. No shit. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. I and it, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. And it got spun out into a whole feature, which became its own franchise. <laughs> mm. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I highly recommend it for, for people as well. You Did know? you do all of it? 
I did most of it. I, I don't think I did the last season. It got. I've seen. Yeah. I've seen both movies though. That's those are of middling returns as well. That second movie was terrible. Like the future. Yeah. <laughs> the The last season gets a little bit off the rails with what. Not that I'm defending the Bible. I'm not. That's not the point here. But the whole Bible piece and uh, they've kind of lost their way and a Scully's barely in it and it's it's a bit messy. But the first six to seven, whatever that last season, and you. So good. You're in good space. You are in good space. Awesome. Uh, well, that's a capper on Creed 3. Like I said, highest grossing of this trilogy so far. So that's got to make the producers go like, oh, we want some more, right? Yeah. We want some more. We yeah. want some more. What's your favorite tasting note of Creed 3? Hmm. Oh, man, that's tough, Jesse. Do you have one already? Let me think for a minute. Yeah, I'll go while you think. Uh, I'm going to go with the Dreamscape boxing match. I just, I thought it was a unique way to to reinvent, you know, another trope that we have to see in these films, which is the boxing match. And they still found a little bit of a way to sink the Rocky theme into, like, you know, that it's always that, like, penultimate moment where he strikes the killing blow. And they they find a few ways to spin like do 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 mm-hmm. right. You know, I think I'm going to go with something we didn't talk about on the show today, mm. and that's the conversation that Damien and Donnie have in his trophy room. Mm. When you can at the see, dinner, right? Yeah, right after dinner, they go downstairs into the man cave or the trophy room, whatever the hell that is, mm-hmm. and you can tell that there's a lot of jealousy and regret that's running through Damien mm-hmm. and he is already manipulating the guilt talk card for, yeah. for Donnie. Yeah. I think that's what it, it's really good acting by both of those gentlemen. Mm-hmm. The puppet master trying to find a way, like I'm going to make this work mm-hmm. and I'm going to prove that I was better than him. Yep. What's the, Oh my God. Moment of Creed three. Damien's beat down in the first fight. Where uh, he goes from no name to champion immediately. I'm picking the same the same scenario. And again, I, I thought it was the second time. I was like, are we going to see a boxer die in the ring? Uh, and I kind of almost chagrined them a little bit for not going there. Because yeah. it would have made him even more just villainous, right? Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, look at this guy. But they didn't go there. But that, that, was, that was a beat down like Rocky 3 part 1, right? Mm-hmm. Like just bloodied Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Who's the master distiller on Creed Three? Uh, it's pretty hard not to go with Michael B. Jordan to star, direct, and have a hand in the writing too. Uh, you hear that, Shamilan? You can do it. So I'm going to go to Mr. Jordan, but I'm a big fan of his, so yeah. maybe that's easy. Easy I, pickings. I think yeah. I mean, for the first one, I gave it to Kugler. The second one, I gave it to Dolph Lundgren of all people. Yeah, deservedly so. I got to give it to Michael B. Jordan to wrap up this thing. Yeah, you're right. To direct, I think, in really an efficiently way, star. His performance is still really good and just kind of be at the center and the forefront of this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, this was good. I don't know if he wants to direct more Creed films or do kind of his own thing, but well, job well done, right? To him. How are you going to rate and grade Creed 3? We have Rocket, Well, Call, Single Barrel, and Top Shelf all built around the world of whiskey. What are you calling this bottle here? Is this a top shelf or is this single barrel for you? Mm. I think I might go top shelf. Yeah, top shelf. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go top shelf bottle, but I'm going to go um, call plus film. It's, for me, the least favorable of the three. Doesn't mean that is a bad film. I loved mm-hmm. the other two. So 
it's pretty rarefied air that this is flying in. I really like this movie. I would absolutely go watch it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that there's a lot of brotherhood and unspoken between Donnie and Damien that if I saw it a second time, I probably would be able to really dig into It's sort of hard the first time because you're trying to get the story. Yeah. But no, really great film. Uh, Excellent performances other than a few little petty, squabbly, bitchy little things. You know, no real big issues with it. Um, Even the things that we said that maybe didn't work really did not not work. They just were considerations. Uh, Solid, solid film and another really solid franchise. Um, Yeah, I really liked it. Good, 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 good film. Yeah. I'm with you, do single barrel minus for me. It, yeah, it's my least favorite of the of the three films, but it, it's so watchable. The whole time I was like, gosh, like I was like, I'm I'm looking for the faults, right? I'm looking for the the speed bumps. I'm like, well, we're gonna get there eventually. Like, we're gonna get to like a weird decision. It's gonna derail this whole thing, and it's gonna be unwatchable. And we're just not doing that with this with this series. It's it's very foolproof. It's highly entertaining. The characters are interesting. The performances are good. Great directing job. Nine films in, the Rocky Frant, uh, Creed saga fails to mystify me why no, not more people are on board with the whole thing altogether. Yeah, I'm really curious about that too. Maybe more people are on board with it, but we just don't know it. Yeah. It's clearly making money. Yeah. Big money. But I mean, like, you know, you know, Star Wars gets its due, but like, honestly, like, I like like three, two and a half, three and, three and a half of those movies <laughs> yeah, of nine. Right. Like, that's not a good record. No. Other than five, like I, I'm a fan of every film in this in this saga. So can I sidetrack you for a minute? Yeah. Okay. So at this point, top shelf to rock gut. Where are you at with the season of the Mandalorian? Uh, maybe in the middle. Oh God, I think it's fucking atrocious. Really? Oh, it's so stupid. I definitely I hate it. Yeah, I see the laziness of it. God, there's that fourth. Was this week five, or is this week four? It was four. That third episode, the production value on that is so TNT, $5 duct tape, and yeah. oh, it's fucking terrible. Did you like Obi-Wan? It was okay. No, yeah. I didn't know. Not really. Yeah. This this is, this is <laughs> awful, Jesse. This is so bad like for me. It. Oh, oh, I man. hate it. No. This is the way. This we'll is make the- it cheaply. This is the way. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I know what you, but like, you know, Star Wars, uh, you know, all these big, long going franchises, you know, Rocky, like, you know, it's there, but like, I want more people talking about it, just how consistently solid it is. I will say that about the Scream franchise, you know, because I caught the, I caught the part six, I was telling you a little bit about it. Other than the third film, a fairly also consistent franchise. I mean, like it's doing exactly the same thing every film, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But they found new ways to like do like a thing here and there, right? Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that than doing the same thing over and over again. Screams on my list of things to do for Monday, as a matter of fact. I'm gonna be by myself. There so you go. I think I'm gonna go take myself to a film on Monday. Dude, you gotta you gotta pay attention to the opening like film horror film bro that is in his Dario Argento shirt. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> and it's it's dude, that, that, that's me. It's just like I probably have that shirt. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> I, tell about the, I remember that story of that guy that called me Dario in my screenwriting class. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> um, Next yeah. year, stack of Godzilla t-shirts. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Creed 3. Go see it, everybody. Um, I think I, this will be well worth your time. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and I got to say this about, you know, 2023's films in general. You know, Shyamalan and Marvel might be screwing us over, but, yeah. you know, Brandon Cronenberg, uh, Creed, and next week's franchise is... Uh, I think doing good stuff for us. So 
Let the cat out of the bag. We're going to cover John Wick Chapter 4 next week. That was one of our earliest trilogies that we covered, parts 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. way back in year 1. Wow. Yeah. So here we get to talk about Chapter 4, and in a rare occurrence, you haven't seen the movie. I, I have. Yeah. And I just got to tell everyone next week, if you haven't seen this thing, holy God, buckle up, because it's just it's it's a wild ride. I don't know how they keep getting away with this this stuff, and we get to talk about Keanu next week, so that's always a good time. I can't wait for Sunday. That's when we're going to go see it, so tomorrow. Awesome. Yep. Well, to that, you got to John that. Wick Chapter 4 coming out next week. Check out uh, T Public. any of the merch out there. Uh, hit us up on an email, rysmileproductions at gmail.com. Um, but for this week, I got to get going. I got to go get in the sparring ring with Victor Drago. Man, I could ugh, maybe one punch if I'm good. Like, but that punch might kill me. <laughs> Got the ice machine ready because you're going to need plenty of it after that. Yeah, you bring bring your cutting knife. You have to cut, might have to cut my eyelids. Too. Cut me, Matt. Cut me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll see you all next week, everybody. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Creed 3 is property of Metro Goldwyn Mayer, Warner Brothers Pictures, Chartoff Winkler Productions, Proximity Media, and Outlier Society. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. I need you to let go of your fear. Let go of the guilt. Let go of whatever was and walk into what is. I feel those chains are breaking, yeah. I fear God, I don't fear death. She knows she's a shit.